You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Health and Mana, the podcast where we talk to you about what it's like being a gaming couple and doing life. Yeah. I'm Josh Needham. And I'm Annabelle. Uh, I'm going to move your mic just a smidgen closer to your face. Just a little. Don't eat the microphone, but put it close to your face. That way everything sounds good. Okay. So this week, uh, our overarching, we're going to talk about conventions. But before we jump into that, talk about the games. I actually had a game this week. It was Yay. good. It was good times. Um, I think, was it last week that I kind of semi-sort of cheated and we went with Affordable Space Adventures because we were streaming it? I think so. Okay. And so before that, you had none. This week, uh, we'll start off with your game. Was it Pigeon Popper? Pigeon Pop. Pigeon Pop. So, mobile game. Yep. Where you play as a pigeon with some groovy tunes. <laughs> uh, I guess start me off with how in the heck you found this thing. Um, I think I was downloading Bendy and it was suggested. So I was like, oh, this looks like fun. And I, I love pigeons. So I clicked on it and I saw the, how the pigeons look. And I was like, oh, I'm getting this too. So I downloaded it and just been kind of playing it. Popping pigeons oh. ever since. <laughs> Pigeon popping. Pigeon pop. They're so cute. Um, <clears throat> so, like, I've heard you playing it before, and yeah. I'm only a little surprised that I didn't get more into it. So, for those that aren't familiar with it, it's sort of like a skill, speed, rhythm-based thing. There's a lot of music going on in the backgrounds. You've got your pigeon flies around either in a circle around like more like walks <laughs> yeah he kind of but it's like in a circular fashion like yeah. he's running around uh was it 2001 a space odyssey when he's running around the space station <laughs> it's like that but just in space and the pigeon's running around and every time you tap the phone he lunges his beak at whatever uh object you're going for like i think it was corn that i was doing it to start Yep. And I got to get the good kernels, but avoid the black kernels. Unless a worm pops out of them, then I can eat the worm. If there are sky raisins flying around, flies, house flies, then I can eat those. Don't eat the bees. And then, like, they introduce a little more pieces to gameplay. It's a typical, like, mobile time killer game. Try to get the high score, get your three stars for each level. Yep. If it wasn't for the fact that the music was so gosh darn catchy, I would probably have not played it as much as I did. <laughs> I think I probably put like a good, what, 10, 15 minutes into this game, I which is so. incredible for me. So my only issue with it is the obscene amount of advertisements. And maybe that's just because most of the games that I play on mobile are not ad riddled. Like from, let's see, Animal Crossing yeah. to... uh. I can't remember. Spiral Pulse has no ads. 
Every game I've ever played from Nataku has no ads. Um, most of the games that I end up downloading and playing are without advertisement. So I'm just not used to ads anymore. And of course, most of my gaming isn't done on mobile. It's done on console or PC. And I don't have to deal with ads on either of those. Yeah. So I don't know. It just, it kind of, I understand they have to make money, but it ruins the experience when after like every couple of levels, it's like, here, watch this for 30 seconds. Yeah. And it's always those like sidebar ads from Facebook that you used to have. That's like, oh, pop the pimple. Oh, move this thing to that thing. And uh, I know there were a couple that had very clickbaity things that were like, uh, I can't seem to get past level five. And you're like, this looks incredibly easy. And then it just tempts you to be like, oh, I bet I can get past level five. Yeah. And then you install the app and then there's more ads and you install more apps. And it's just a downward spiral <laughs> of like uh, back back to Pigeon Pop, though. The game <laughs> itself was actually pretty good. Um, I just immediately uninstalled it when I was done because it's not something I see myself going forward, continuing to play. But it, as a game, it's, if you remove the ads... And, then, and even if it was like remove the ads and you can get other birds, like you can upgrade your to different birds. I got a I bought a kiwi, not with real money, like with the worms that I had earned or that I earned by watching ads. I feel like you could remove the ads between levels, leave the ads to earn worms and leave an ability for microtransactions to buy worms. And it would be a pretty darn I good game. There is a shop. There should be. I would rather a shop where I can optionally spend my real world money or other people can rather than having to watch ads for 30 seconds every minute or so. I think there is like the option of having the no ads. I showed you a screenshot because it tells you who did the music in the same area. Yep. And it has like the screenshot plus the pay to get rid of ads. Oh, well, in that case, shoot, maybe uh, uh, I'm not going to. It's not something I'd play enough, but if you're going to if it's something you get into and you can buy it outright to get rid of the ads, highly recommend it. It just the ads ruin the experience for me. I don't I don't I'm dig sorry. it. It's okay. You are quite quiet. Oh, sorry. It's okay. It's just you see where my voice goes and then you see the where your voice is where it almost looks like nobody's talking. No. Yes. Okay, so I am a little bit sad that we didn't uh, I, I didn't sit you down and force you to put more time into uh, my selection for this week, <laughs> but you got through the first day of it at least. Yep. Uh, so I picked Pikmin 3 for the Wii U because I feel like it has a really good use of the Wii U gamepad. And enough about my opinion. What did you think of it? You actually played it. Uh, it was cute. It is. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. I enjoy collecting and training. Well, not training, but collecting and leading my Pikmin. Yep. But it's always like super stressful because you didn't get to the point yet where you have a timer for the day and you have this little like bar at the bottom of the screen and the sun moves across it. And then it eventually, if you're not paying attention, it will give you a countdown of 10 seconds to get back to your ship. You have to load all your Pikmin into the onion and then get back on your ship and take off. And if you don't have everyone loaded back into the ship by the time it hits zero, you get back in your ship and any Pikmin that were left behind in the field end up getting eaten. Aww. And you kind of watch them get devoured as you fly away in your ship and it's a really sad day. Aww. But there's that. There's You can find fruit growing around and like Pikmin can pick it up. They'll bring it back to the ship and then the ship will pick it up and turn it into fruit juice so that you can survive for the days going onward. Yay. So those are like the two big mechanics that you haven't had a chance to get into yet. I think there are certain things that unlock with the Wii U gamepad as well that um, 
that you can also use. And there's different types of Pikmin that do different things. You got rock Pikmin, you got Pikmin that can swim, you have Pikmin that are immune to fire, uh, and different types of enemies that you come across. But again, you you got through the first chunk of basically the tutorial. Yep. Um, do you see yourself going back and playing more of it in the future? Um, maybe. Okay. It does have like the puzzly aspect. It just uh. A little annoying when you're trying to aim your Pikmin and then it decides, eh, nah, I'm not going to throw yeah. your Pikmin. I, you're just going to have to aim again and throw them, but I will probably change back again. <laughs> yeah. For those that, that was getting frustrating. <laughs> for those that haven't played it, if you've played Pikmin on the GameCube, it had a much more streamlined way to throw your Pikmin at things. Like you just aim and then you hit a button. Like you aim with a joystick and a trigger, I think, and it will put your target and then you just hold the target and hit a button, and you throw them. And unfortunately, with the Wii U, you have to touch the gamepad, slide the target to where you want it, and then hopefully tap that same location on the Wii U gamepad and hope that it didn't move it on you to throw your Pikmin, which I think is... I know they wanted to use the touchpad, but they've made so many other great uses of the Wii U gamepad in mm -hmm. this game. You didn't need to do that. I want another way to throw my Pikmin. If it yep. wasn't for that, for the hassle of using the whistle to call them and wrangle them together and yep. the hassle of throwing them at objects, I think it would be a much better game. Mm -hmm. It's still a good game, but I think that would remove a lot of my reasons for having not beat the game yet. <laughs> I made it like five to six days into it, I think. And I was like, I, I had started to get used to it, but then I was like, yeah, this is... I'll come back to this later, and then I never did, so... Mm. There's that. Yeah, I'm not very good with touch screens. Surprisingly, with the phone games, I'm not really that great with touch screens. Yeah, I mean, it's a little different because the touch screen you have for the uh, like a phone actually uses like heat and electrical. Yeah. Whereas I forget the actual like terminology for the what type of a touch screen it is. But the Wii U uses more uh, uses a pressure based touchscreen, and you can like feel the give to the screen ever yep. so slightly. It makes it not great. Mm -hmm. If they were to have done, if they were to like take Pikmin and put it on, I can't even say like I was gonna say put it on the Switch, but you can't because it doesn't use both screens at the same time. Uh, like you could put Pikmin on the Switch. It's just you, your whole control scheme gets changed and it wouldn't have the good integrations that it has with the Wii U gamepad. But if you were to use a touchscreen similar to that on the Switch with the Wii U that was more, you know, touch-based rather than pressure-based, I think you'd be a lot better. But that's tech specs neither here nor there that yep. we can't really do anything about. <laughs> so that's that's all I have to say about that. Um I would give Pigeon Pop a, a thumbs up. It was a decent game. I just, if it was something I was going to continue playing, I would definitely be paying to get rid of the ads. Yeah. I would rather, I would like to support the developers and not have to deal with being advertised to every 20 seconds. <laughs> it felt like every time I finished a level, I know it wasn't like literally every time I finished a level, yep. but it felt that way. I think I watched more ads last night than I have in a couple weeks combined. <laughs> just playing that game but anyway moving on to our main topic for the day conventions yep so i don't know where you want to start with um maybe first conventions we'll start there okay so what was your first convention experience and was it good or bad let's just give me give me the layout give me your history my first convention was theoticon 
Um, I don't remember what year. I think it was like 2003 or something. It was fairly early. Where is Otacon at? It was in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. I think oh. it's now in Washington, D.C. I keep forgetting. Were you living in this area or down in Virginia? I, I was living in this area. Uh, okay. My sister so. ran into it, and she really wanted to go. We were in I was say, Baltimore. That's not, not a short time. trip. No. I was visiting family at the time, and we were going to Baltimore for the, I think, the aquarium or something. We were going to Baltimore anyhow, so one day my aunt and uncle were like, we're going to do something for ourselves, and you guys can go to this convention. So we went to the convention. It was it it was okay, but we it took years for me to find panels and really figure out how to go about them. So it was the um, dealer's room. I didn't even find Artist Alley that year. Their Artist Alley is huge. Their dealer room is like a mall in one room. Oh. So the Otakin. Like Just larger as, than the Anime Boston's dealer's room? Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, the Otakin was a beast. <laughs> and apparently got even more beastly. And that's why they had to move to a different location. Um, who was it? Hyde. Uh, but I'm trying to remember his name, his band name. Larkin Seal. That's Okay. Larkin Seal was there. But okay. we didn't know about him until like a couple of years later and then saw the little pamphlet that, that had shows it. And I'm like, Larkin C was there and I never went to see them. Uh, I, I could have saw it for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's those things that you go to. Like I slightly off topic, but slightly on topic. I went to a Green Day concert for the American Idiot Tour yeah. like a year before I bothered getting into Green Day. <laughs> so like I just didn't really appreciate the concert as much. Like, it was still really good, but I didn't, like, know any of the songs or anything. And then, you know, a few years later, I'm like, oh, my God, I could sing along with this whole album. I want to go back to that concert. <laughs> but, yeah, so, Otakin. Yeah, and, like, we I, we had a reasonable time, but, and we were kids, so we had money because, you know, we didn't actually have to make the money and we didn't have bills. Was it, pay. like, a one-day thing that you went for? Yeah, just one day. We did do a weekend at the Otakin uh, I think the next year, that's when I dressed up like Colette. Okay. Uh, that year when I was Colette, we went for the three-day. Stayed so, at a hotel and all that, I assume? Yeah. And we found Artist Alley. Now, that was it. We found Artist Alley in the dealer's room. Okay. It was just so massive. Artist Alley was a, a bit bigger, maybe, or around the same size as Anime Boston's dealer's room. Oh. And, like, we stumbled across it. Uh, we did find the theaters. But by the time we found them, it was the 18 plus, And I don't think I was 18 yet. Or maybe it was 18. I don't remember how old I was that time. We weren't interested. <laughs> oh, okay. We just simply weren't. And I think they were actually just simply playing the porn. So I have to ask, have weird. you hit any 18 plus panels prior to the year that I dragged you to Hentai Iron Editor? Nope. You okay. dragged me to the first 18 plus panel. Hooray! <laughs> but like we found the theaters, and that was the extent of it. I think we actually went, did find... Um, Full Metal Alchemist. Stealing a sip of your water. Ooh. We found the Full Metal Alchemist one and sat there for a bit. And 
I don't think we found much. I don't. I know we didn't find panels because, like, I really didn't know much about panels until I met you because I didn't really realize that the convention expanded further than it actually was. See, I probably wouldn't have, but my first convention experience was Anime Boston 2006, so 12 years ago now. Uh, I was also not 18. <laughs> um, let's see, 2006, so I was like 15, I think. Um, the same friend actually who took me to the Green Day concert because like he was an only child and had a whole lot of things that he wanted to do and his parents were super supportive of like pretty much anything he wanted to do. So they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll get tickets, invite a friend so you can have someone to go with because your father's going to bring you and he doesn't listen to Green Day so he's gonna, not going to know anything that's going on. <laughs> so he brought me to go see Green Day and then he also, I think it was like a year later, brought me to Anime Boston. So my first experience, Anime Boston, 15 years old, get in there. It's We did all three days. They had, um, I think we stayed, at, yeah, we stayed at the Marriott, which is like not directly attached to the convention center, but there's a bridge that connects the two. Yeah. So, and that year, I'll, I'll never forget that year because that was the year I was like, convention life is my life. <laughs> um, he went, he had two costumes. He had um, Ed Ulrich from Full Metal Alchemist. And he had um, Naraku from Inuyasha, the, like his baboon cloak yeah. outfit. And I had nothing because I wasn't really into anime. The only anime that I had really seen at that point other than Inuyasha was Excel Saga that a friend had let me borrow. Yeah. And I went through all six discs and I fell in love with that anime because it was so absurd. Um, but that's all I really knew was like those mm -hmm. two anime and so I'm going to Anime Boston once again, like I knew nothing pretty much when it comes to the anime scene. Everyone's down there as like, you know, popular characters that I don't know about. Yeah. Uh, but we get down there. He let me borrow his Naraku costume on the second day, I think. So I was just walking around with him with this giant like fur cloak on, <laughs> essentially. And it was a really good time. Uh, I remember there being a lot of free hugs. That's like a thing that I now associate with Anime Boston is free hugs. Um, but I think that was mostly just because I was a big kid wearing a big fluffy thing. So <laughs> I was basically a mascot. But so I was walking around with him and I actually bought like the only spending money that I had. I spent on the box set for Excel Saga, an anime I had already seen. And I loved it. It was so good. It was so <laughs> wonderful. The year that we went, they had um, Kaiju Big Battle was there, so which is like people dress up as Kaiju and heroes and fight in a WWE style wrestling ring. And it's <laughs> I bought a DVD as well. Or his parents were nice enough to lend me some money, and I got we got the DVD for Kaiju Big Battle, which I still have, <laughs> which is a very strange DVD. It's it's my memory from Anime Boston 2006, but. Yeah, overall, it was a great time. He was the one that was like, oh, there's all these different things going on. We went and saw the premiere of Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children. Yeah. I want to say it was, yeah, it was English because I recall making, we were like sitting in our little group making fun of the uh, shilly shally dilly dally line. Yeah. Um, just, I, I, we're like, is that a like a weird translation? I hadn't played Final Fantasy VII. I still haven't played Final Fantasy VII. There's something wrong with me. Send help. Uh, I've played it. I, I, I don't 
Brokaw. Yeah, okay. So like it, it wasn't a game thing then. It's like nope. but we went and saw it in a little theater and, and it was super awesome. <laughs> and then of course they're like, There's gonna be eighteen plus things coming in after this and we both looked at each other and went, Someday we're gonna be eighteen and we can go to these things. <laughs> now I'm above eighteen and I can go to these things and there's only one that I actually enjoy. So like Yay. <laughs> Shout out to uh the entire crew that runs Hentai Iron Editor at another anime convention. You guys are flipping amazing. Um so but yeah, that was Anime Boston 06. I didn't go in 2007 because I couldn't afford it. And then I think from 2008 onward was uh, like we'd gather a bunch of friends together. Most of us worked at Market Basket part time. Our paychecks were like $100 a week. So we weren't making much of anything. But we were all living at home with our parents. So we weren't paying rent or food or any of those kind of crazy adult bills. So <laughs> we would take one or two weeks prior to Anime Boston save those paychecks, go into Boston, find a hotel when we got there on Friday for two nights, which was a hassle and a half. I pre-reg, if I'm going to go down to Anime Boston at all anymore, I have to get the hotel booked well in advance because we walked around, um, I don't even know like the sides of Boston. I just know we walked around Boston for like eight hours trying to find a hotel, <laughs> finally found one. And it was like a couple hundred dollars a night we barely could afford. And I remember we had a huge group of friends. Like There were too many of us that we should not have all been in a hotel room. Uh, this is going into the wonderful story of another reason why I associate Anime Boston with free hugs. So we get to the second night. Um, my buddy who got me into Excel Saga was there with us, with his girlfriend. Um, and he was like our rich Uncle Pennybags. Because yeah. he came down with like two grand in pocket and was like, OK, well, we can we I can pretty much spend whatever. And doesn't he like get pickpocketed before we have to buy the hotel for the second night? So we are like thirty dollars short. So we ended up talking to Gabriel because he had birthday money and we ended up using his birthday money to help fund the rest of the hotel for the second night so we could stay. But then we had no money left. None of us had any money left. We were like barely able to catch the subway back <laughs> to get home again. That was, we were that broke. And so we had no money for food either. And we're all starving. So this is back when, um, JM and I were still like really good friends. So the two, he and I were the only ones that weren't like completely beat from the day. Gabriel had blown out a knee. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was just a whiny bitch. And <laughs> like, so he and I looked at each other and we're like, we have to go and find food. And we had got um, a couple of us had grabbed hats, like bought ha like those crazy like there was a Neko hat and there was one with bunny ears. Yeah. So I put on the Neko hat. He put on the giant bunny ears hat and we went down to the convention center with a little cardboard sign that said we'll hug for food. <laughs> and we ended up getting like some ramen and a half drank Fanta <laughs> and like a couple dollars. So we were able to go down to um Dunkin' Donuts in Boston and buy the most expensive bagel I've ever bought in my life. <laughs> but we went down, got a bagel, split the bagel with everyone. Everything was good. We made it home again. It wasn't so much fun at the time, but it's it's amusing to remember now. <laughs> at the time, I was like concerned one of us was going to end up stuck in Boston forever because we couldn't afford to get back on the subway and go home. Yeah, I think most trips to anime cons, if it wasn't with... My sister was with my mom. <laughs> so, you know, mom. Yeah. She has a suitcase with her at all times. Yeah. No, we didn't. We would. Okay. So there's like a bunch of us at the time. 
let's see, it was 2008. So like we went with, we had one friend, maybe two friends who were actually 18. And we got brought to the Fitchburg train station and dropped there. And we took the train into Boston (laughs) and we had to take the train back. So we had already bought like a round trip ticket. So that was set. But using the subway system was still totally new to us. And it was, it was a crazy time, but I get lost in subways, and I'm not a fan of subways, so um, usually did go with mom. Actually, I after that one time of the weekend in Otakin, it didn't do a weekend again until AAC with you. AAC is easily my favorite convention now. Yeah. Um, Anime Boston's great and all, but as they've gotten more people and as more issues have arisen in both the United States as a whole and in the Boston area... The security has gotten increasingly hard to get through. Yep. And it's not like oh, I'm trying to get through there with a bunch of stuff. It's just that it's a long line. And, you know, the Boston PD's there. They're doing the, the best job they can do. And I appreciate them being there. But even when they've got like eight lines opened up for bag checks and for pat downs or like wanding people, whatever the case is, their security checks, it still takes forever. The line goes all the way back to the Sheraton and it just wraps right around. It's, it's absolutely yep. nuts. So because of that, uh, I've preferred AAC because there's N- no security and it's much smaller. It's cheaper. The convention itself is inside the hotel, the Radisson up in Manchester. So like you just got a room at the Radisson. You can just elevator right down to the convention floor. You're right there. It's a smaller venue, but they have a lot of outdoor space and holding the convention. And usually in October, it means that it's nice and cool outside, but it hasn't quite started snowing usually. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think I they've got this year, though, they've got them. lock on a really good venue, not to mention that being in the Radisson, you've got access to um, like breakfast places. A pub is in there and you're on the same street with a bunch of different uh, restaurants and whatnot within reasonable walking distance. Yep. So you're not food locked, whereas Anime Boston, once you get past security, you don't want to leave again. And you're stuck with all the scalpers inside that are going to charge you ten dollars for a floppy burger. Yeah. Alternatively, you get really lucky and right near the coat check area in AB, sometimes they have a kitchen area that opens up and you can get a taco bowl for that same $10. And I've never been able to finish a full taco bowl in a single sitting. So you end up very full as opposed to spending your $10 on a floppy burger and being hungry immediately after you take the last bite. So that being said, I wanted to talk a little bit on um, things that you think if someone hasn't gone convention hopping before hasn't been to a convention things that you think they should plan for my big two staying at a hotel where are you eating because i think we've run into the issue a lot of being hungry and we we're both hungry to the point of like i almost don't want to eat now because i'm just so hungry and i just realized it i just want something right now and i don't want to expend any more energy to get it and we go what do you want to eat i don't know well what's around i have no idea okay well there's Subway. Yeah, neither of us really want Subway, but uh, where else are we going to go? And then you're like trying to think, well, what do I have money for? Because I almost never seem to budget food money. Yeah, you you don't seem to think of food. I don't. It, I think it was because of me and my, I guess, anemia type behavior where if I don't have food, I'm starting to feel violently sick, slightly faint and yeah, not doing so hot. That it was a thing for you to realize that we have to pack food. To I, I don't know if it's just I can't stand walking around that long. Plus, I, I do get a little hangry. Just a bit. 
I think I, I don't know what's happened to me since then because I used to my first convention, Anime Boston. I survived the whole weekend on two two pop tarts and Diet Coke. We didn't go out to eat anywhere. We had brought a bunch of like food with us to snack on here and there. Um, I don't recall buying food in the convention area. I know we went to a Shaw's once or twice because uh, my buddy Nate wanted to introduce me to Pocky. I had never had Pocky before and I had no <laughs> idea what it was. Uh, we couldn't find any. I didn't get introduced to Pocky until much later. But yeah, I, I would say budget for food and figure out what restaurants are in your area or where you're going to go. Understand whether or not your venue has security. If they have security, plan your meals accordingly. Because in the case of Anime Boston, if you leave the convention center to go and get food, you're going to probably be spending a half an hour to an hour waiting in line to get back into the convention. Yep. And which gets a little ridiculous when you're like, okay, well, there's a panel I want to go to starts in an hour. We have to go get food. But I don't want to just sit on the floor and wait for an hour. I don't want to spend a ridiculous amount of money on a floppy burger. But if we leave, we're not going to get back in in time to go to the thing I want to go to. It's very stressful if you're there and you haven't planned for it because I know that's usually where I end up. I'm there and haven't planned for it. Yep. Um, but because I – like my first convention, I said I two Pop-Tarts and a Diet Coke. Most AACs, I've survived on two slices of pizza per day with a ginger ale and then a lot of water throughout the day. Yep. So, you know, because they have the watering stations. So you just go up and like I'm drinking a lot of water and my brain didn't usually think to eat. But now that I'm in my my later years, I'm very quickly approaching the top of the hill at 30 here. And whew, I tell you, now I start getting the hangry. I start getting like shaky and dizzy if I haven't eaten for a long period. Whereas before it's just like, yeah, I haven't eaten since like last week. I'm fine. <laughs> so I don't know what uh, <laughs> if it's just like the superior healing capabilities of being younger and more active as opposed to my adult self who has become a lot more lazy and is just now getting back into being active. So, but definitely plan for food, definitely plan ahead for where you're going to stay. I think that's pretty, I think that's an easy one to assume if you're someone who's over the age of 18, who's going to be planning to go to a convention either near you or within some reasonable travel distance, you're thinking, Hey, I should probably plan for a hotel. Where are we going to spend the night? Are we just going for a day? And sometimes going for a day is what you end up doing. Because I had only done Anime Boston for full weekends, because my AAC experience had only been for full weekends, I pretty much was like, I'm never going to let myself go to a convention for only one day. It seems like such a waste. Mm. But we went to PAX East beginning of this year, and it was by far one of the best convention experiences I've had since my first Anime Boston experience and since my first few AAC experiences. Even though we were only there for like an hour or two, I think, collectively, I after think, the venue opened. Yeah. Because we got there at like eight when doors opened. Yeah, I think it was like one or two and everybody else was done. And Yeah. It felt like we were only begun. there for an hour, but yeah. <laughs> well, because you and I, <coughs> uh, excuse me, I'm just going to choke on air for a few minutes there. Because uh, you and I are seasoned convention goers at this point with how frequently we've gone to AAC and... I can't even say Anime Boston, but you'd gone to conventions before me. I'd gone to conventions before you. Also, I feel like I'm more apt to explore than most of our friends because I'm just curious. So instead yeah. of, like, I I didn't find, like, an area where I was interested. There was so much I wanted to do, but I didn't stop because everybody kept walking. And I was like, 
but I want to try this. <laughs> yeah, there's so much going this. on at PAX, and a lot of it I didn't bother stopping and getting in a line for something. There wasn't even a line in some of the things I wanted to go, but everybody was walking, and I, I get lost easily. And I can't hear my phone very well in, you know, silence. So <laughs> in an area that's full of people and it's really loud and... Yeah, that's why I'm glad to have like a, a wrist thing that vibrates now when my phone texts <laughs> it, me. It hasn't been. I said yeah, I don't know too. what happened. Mine's the same thing, but that's a yeah. totally different story. But um, anywho, but yeah, I don't prefer to find out more about things. I like to explore. I don't like to just walk around or say, hey, that's the one spot I really will be interesting in. Um, for example, Bethesda's little tiny corner there where I felt like everybody was heading towards. <laughs> yeah, for us. And people like Bethesda. I was like, eh, and Blizzard. I want to explore the uh, tiny people that just did the um, VR stuff. Yep. Like there was one they had like a big pile of stuffed animals, which I'm sure you probably could have gotten one of them. Like it stinks. And it, I was watching their little screen before I realized I was losing you guys. Actually, I think I already lost you and was losing the people ahead of me. Where you're holding this little creature and you're trying not to burn it. Oh. <laughs> VR. So you're like walking with it in your hands and then fire starts going off everywhere and you have to go through this maze to prevent it from catching on fire. Hmm. I was like, that looks interesting. And there was nobody there. So I was like, I want to go, but I don't want to lose my friends and I can still see the top of one of their heads. So I might as well go towards them because I could not find you at all. And then eventually I just completely lost everybody. Sometimes that's for the best. <laughs> and like, I was like, well, darn, I'm going to find you. <laughs> because you are probably not marching off somewhere and I can grab your arm and say, no, I want to go this way. <laughs> I feel like we had a lot of freedom walking around in PAX East. There was so much that I wanted to do that I didn't end up doing. And so much of it was mostly because like, I don't know if I'm going to get in a line, wait my way for like a half an hour to an hour to the front of the line only to find out that it's something that cost me money, which yeah. I would have no problem spending if I wasn't broke as I'll get out. Yeah. So I really want to be able to go to a convention like I think it was Anime Boston 2012 that I went to with uh, with Toby and his girlfriend at the time. Yeah. I think I dropped like $1,200 that weekend. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was like the most I've ever spent at the convention. I'm usually pretty thrifty with my my purchases, but I don't remember why I just had stupid money that weekend. I think I'd been saving up and I, I would love to be able to do that again at some point and just be like, yeah, I don't really care because I have enough to back whatever I want to do and then just go and have fun going around places. And that was nice, too, because you didn't actually have to leave the convention center and go through security again to get food at a reasonable place because there was like five to ten different restaurant type venues set up within the convention center for PAX East, Boston's convention center. Yeah. I feel like more cons need to be held there, but at the same time, PAX was pretty much just a big show floor and then various other things going on around. Yeah. Whereas Anime Boston is more, I, I feel like it's more panel heavy. Uh, for those that haven't been to a convention before, that's my biggest tip is figure out, too many people go to conventions, I think, and they just focus on the dealer's room or the artist yeah. alley. And it's like, okay, this is a big place to go and buy things. And like you can, my general rule with conventions is I won't buy anything at a convention that I could normally get at 
Walmart or a comic book shop or yeah. something like that. Because there's a lot of people figures. that sell pop <laughs> figures. They sell Magic the Gathering cards, yeah. which are, you know, big parts of nerd culture. But, like, I'm not going to a convention to buy the things I can normally buy in my day-to-day life. I want to get things that I can't get in my day-to-day life. So, like, merchandise has been imported from Japan because there's a few people that do that, like, you know, Gundams and things like that. And the um, artist. Like artist Alley. I have backed... I say backed. I've helped to support some art, a lot of artists, because yep. I'll go around and if someone has made a physical comic and it's not terrible, like five, ten bucks, I'll be like, yeah, I have. I don't know what this comic's about, but I'll talk to you about it for a few minutes. I'll buy it so that you make a profit on it. And I like to feel that that helps to support artists and follow their dreams. I used to do the. That's when I spent that like absurd amount of money on Anime Boston. It was mostly in Artist Alley on independent creators. Because I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to toss that kind of money at, like, corporations. They're already there doing their thing. I want to help out, like, the artists that are pursuing their dreams and potentially starving. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that time I bought, like, a butt ton of posters. And, like, I got, like, two or three free little postcard size ones, too. And... I think I spent like a hundred bucks on the first day right in Artist Alley on that one person. Probably. I remember one time in AAC, I went to buy this unicorn. It was like a cross between robot unicorn and rainbow dash, but it looked really cool. Oh, I remember that. And she was also selling her book. And like, if you buy one of her pictures, her book was discounted. I was like, I'm buying your book. There's so many times people are like, I want to write a book about my life. And then there's very that, few that, times somebody's like, I'm going to write a fiction. Is that that purple one? I forget the title of. Yeah, it's like I haven't even had a chance to actually sit and read it. But it's like a two realm type thing. OK. And the real realm is like the real world. It has stupid things that have gone wrong in the real world, not like. I think style things. as far as like books and things that I have picked up at conventions, God, I wish Tom Fishback would go to conventions that I go to because I, <laughs> I need to meet that man, the man who started my life. Basically, I don't know. I don't know what to, what title to give him, but uh, started my web comic addiction, I think. <laughs> um, but one of the best that I had found was my collection. I have it's a three volume set for Bittersweet Candy Bowl. I went the first year, the first time I went to their table, this was that year that I spent a stupid amount of money. <laughs> I went up to the table and I'm like, I want to buy book one so I can, because it was really thick. And I was like, I'll have a lot to read through. And if I like it, I'll come back and buy two and three. And she says, no, don't buy one, buy two, like volume two, not two books, but buy, buy volume two. And I said, well, why? She says, well, volume one is a lot of my rough ideas and sketches and everything that I went through and the story isn't as fleshed out. After I got done with book one, I condensed the whole thing, refined my art style, and published book two as the new book one type deal. And I was like, oh, okay. So I bought book two, read through it, cried a little, went back, bought one and three to go around it, as well as uh, – I'm trying to find a um, – As well as they had like a Q&A book from their Tumblr type deal, so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, right. So I bought that too. I just was like going all out with their stuff because I really loved the volume that I bought and read – I think it was like that night in the hotel, but (laughs) yeah, I like supporting artists, but okay. Now I've gone off on a whole thing about support your artists and the, the fun things that you, my recommendation, if you're going to a convention, buy the things you can't get anywhere else. Yep. Thing two is go to, (laughs) go to panels. Panels are like small classes or events that are happening Mm -hmm. throughout the convention. Not every con has them. Boston comic con barely had any. And I think they were mostly meet and greets. 
Yeah, we there wasn't so many of that. That was like, what, 2015, 2016? Yeah. It was no, a while. 2014, because it, it was when we started dating. Was Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah it was shortly thereafter, because we went yeah. with um Because I was going to go and anyways, and you were like, I wanted to go. So mom was like, well, I was going to go with you, but I wasn't interested, so now you have a buddy, so Hooray. here's your birthday ticket. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, we went, we went to that, and that was basically what most people, I think, take conventions as if you're not a for like a familiar con goer so panels there's this really great app called guidebook and if you download guidebook or if you if you're not an app person generally when you get to a convention they'll give you a book or a schedule or something that has on it all the things that are going on throughout that weekend guidebook's great because if something changes and an event needs to be shifted you get the update in real time it, uh, it's not like oh i better go check and oh this isn't what i was expecting but they have like times and rooms generally because they're in conference areas. At least the ones that I've gone to are in like these conference hall type places. Yeah. The Radisson has a lot of rooms for conferences. And you go in, there's a bunch of seats and usually a projector or something. And I've gone to everything from like I there was one panel I went to about how to produce music for video games. One that was how to use um, Famitracker to create chiptune music. So there's stuff on like audio development, audio programming, that kind of stuff. There have been panels on game development. There have been panels on animation. There have been panels on writing fiction. And I've been to some very strange panels that sometimes you, you look back and you go, why did I do that? Um, one of my favorites, though, was the Hentai Iron Editor, the 18 plus panel that happens <laughs> at AAC just about every year, except for last year, because of, like most of the people were not able to make it that are hosting and it's just it's so well put together if you think about like cards against humanity but as an actual two and a half hour long experience <laughs> it's kind of like that hey it was played yeah we had cards against humanity played during it as a small game but it's almost like a game show with hentai music videos being played in the background or not in the background but in between games and it's just it's a great time. It's the guys there are really high spirited. They're fun. It's my favorite panel at AAC. Mm -hmm. And then you have other things that crop up like um, what they used to be called fat kids playing dodgeball. Now they're the nerd fit network did a panel one year called ponies after dark, which is an 18 plus panel that was so offensive. I think eight people walked out <laughs> and it was it was offensive. It was a time <laughs> I don't regret going, but also I wouldn't recommend it. Um, but there are a lot of really good panels that go on at these things. And yeah, like the balloon tying one. We had fun at we, that we, I think we, we go, go to that just about every yeah, year. Yeah, we go to that every year. There's one, yeah, we learn to make balloon animals. We end up making a lot of balloon animals, putting them in the car. They deflate because of the heat, and we end up popping them before we even leave or when we get home. Yep. But it's not the balloon animals that's the point. It's The point is that we go there, and we do this thing, and it's super fun, and yep. we're learning a little bit every time we go. We do it together. Because it's the same, uh, the same lady that, or the same couple people that host it pretty much every year we've gone. Yeah. Uh, the sugar cookie decorating, or was yep. it? Yeah, cookie decorating. Uh, it's like they uh, give you like gingerbread men cut out. Ka kawaii cookies. Yeah. And they I sometimes they sometimes they'll do like plushy making, but those usually cost like a five dollar door fee because of the materials used. Well, the one in AAC is free, but that's because there's like some connection with the convention or something. That's why she okay. does it. Uh, the lady that used to do the paid plushies no longer goes to AC. Oh. She was there. She did the uh, cat ears. Yeah. And she had mentioned that AC has been doing well for her, so she might, you know, stop going. And I didn't see her 
last year and I think the year before that she wasn't there. But she she's the one that does the plushy panel in Boston. Yeah, and forget, that's where I first started seeing those panels, but I never went because they had the door charge. I forget the name of the company, well, her uh, business. I have a sticker, and it has, like, a skeleton unicorn. I don't know if she's, like, zombie unicorn or something like that. Maybe. I don't remember her company name, but she made ears, uh, plushies, my uh, square Applejack plush. Yep. She did that. She was... The one with all the fun on uh, uh, the anime Boston with the girl that was crying because she wanted to make plushies. That's when we were told that story. It was that year we were told the story about the anime Boston issue where the little girl kept running away from her parents trying to get into the uh, plushie room. And they wouldn't allow her in without her parents, number one. Number two, $5 fee. Right. But your parents have to be with you. No matter what. So it didn't matter that she was a little girl on her own it, without money. It mattered that she was a little girl on her own. Where's her parents? And she kept throwing a tizzy fit and kept trying to get in there. That day we found out about that info, I went to this lady's panel and she's like, I hate kids. They, <laughs> I hate them. They need their parents with them. I do not let them in any room that I'm in without their parents. <laughs> So we had like five-year-olds yeah. come in to make ears. She's like, no, where's your parents? We're like, they're paying. Because you wait for your parents. <laughs> yeah. I think it's too much of a hazard otherwise. Yeah. Especially if you're working with like scissors and sewing needles or anything of that sort. Yeah. Like, Plus you. Last thing you need is some angry parents come storming in. Why'd you let my kid do this? Yeah. What were you thinking? You're like one person with a couple helpers. A room full of people. Yeah. So you, you're like, eh, the last thing I need is a couple of unsupervised children in my area. Um, Things that you would avoid at conventions is I want to get to that real quick before we wrap for okay. for the episode. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface this with you'll see it all over conventions. If you're especially if you're new, you'll probably see it all over the place, especially larger conventions. There will be either people holding the signs or there will be posted signs over all over the place that say cosplay is not consent. If you're new, you may have no idea what that means. Uh, that means please do not aggressively or non-aggressively touch cosplayers without their permission. Yeah. I bring that up because cosplay and the conventions that bring cosplayers to them, people can get very touchy. Like I said, the whole thing yeah. with Anime Boston and like the free hugs. If you want to hug someone, be sure they are okay with it. Please do not just run up and hug people, uh, especially considering like it's it's really weird because people have that whole argument of like, well, did you see what she was wearing? And sometimes you're going to go to a convention and there are people, both both men and women, who are wearing almost nothing. And it's the same the same rules apply. You can't be like, oh, well, look what they're wearing. Like, no, this is part of the costume. Please do not touch, prod, poke, grope, glomp, or otherwise tackle people you do not know. Yep. I'm not a big hugger. I, I yeah. love hugging you. Well, thanks. And I'm okay with hugging my family. I do not like being hugged by friends or strangers. If I am in costume like, or... There are some friends that I'm like, I'm okay with them hugging they usually get the awkward side hug. They're expecting my hug. Yeah. But there's other friends where it's like, you have to wait a while before I'll hug you, and it's still going to be the awkward side hug for me. I don't like 
hugging people too often. I think it's still like I have the issue with the germaphobe back from back then. Yeah, which is another great reason to not, not hug random people. Hugger. Escalator high fives is another one that people do. Oh, yeah. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I've been in plenty of escalator high five in my day. Where you've got the one escalator going down, one going up, and people in the like in between reaching across and high fiving each other. That's great. Bring, please, bring hand, hand sanitizer with you and wipes. And wipes. Bring. Uh, I think when we go with my brother, he usually brings like a bottle of vitamin C, and we'll pop them in the morning. Because also do vitamin D too. I believe yeah. D helps the immune system as well. Spoiler alert: Vitamin C only helps before you get sick. Yep. It's like. It's like locking the doors in your Five Nights at Freddy's security room. It doesn't help if the animatronics are already in the room with you. If you have already contracted con plague, as it's known, you're not going to get out of it by having a whole bunch of vitamin C. It doesn't cure anything. It just helps prevent it. Yep. Getting that out of the way now. We went through that whole thing in my nutrition class. but um, Doesn't vitamin D, though, help get you through? D, I don't know. I think D is mostly like mood and yeah, like the B vitamins. Tell. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm going to put that out there right now. I, but. I know a lot of times when you get sick, people are like, go in the sun. Yeah. And that's your vitamin be, D. Be aware of your water intake, yep. your food intake, your sleep, and your hygiene. Yep. They have uh, as a five to one. Yeah, five to one. You'll see that posted around two. Five hours of sleep minimum per night. Uh, two meals a day, one shower. That's your daily recommended intake of things for convention going. Five hours of sleep, no less, two meals per day, one shower. No one wants con funk. No one wants con plague. If you're not familiar with con funk, bless your soul, you've never been to a convention. It stinks. Oh, my God. It's If you can Especially imagine. Those in the fur costumes. Yeah, people who wear fursuits, uh, which All that's three days. I feel like we could do an entire podcast called bad fandom where we just discuss fandoms that get crapped on a lot and have a bad reputation. But the fandom themselves really aren't that bad. It's just like the outliers that get all the attention. Main reason not to hug somebody in a fur costume. They may stink once you get two feet from them. They, they might Especially stink once you're five feet Sunday. from them. Depending on, like, <laughs> depending on their level of how long have I been fursuiting for and how dedicated <laughs> am I. If they've just made the costume and decided I'm going to put this on and go to a convention and it's going to be really hot and I don't care. They're probably sweating buckets. People who are like professional mascots. Like the people you see on TV that do football games and stuff that yeah. actually are professional mascots, A, they go through training because there's a whole body language thing. And B, you have like an ice pack vest that you mm -hmm. can wear to keep everything cool. There are fans built into the mascot head. Some people go that far. Yeah. Some people don't. Some people like if it's the middle of October and the weather's pretty cool outside, you'll see a lot of people at AAC that are hanging around outside in fursuits. But Again, if you want to hug some of these people, like I'm not going to say don't don't ask, but ask. <laughs> uh, what am I trying to say here? I'm not going to say don't hug them. I'm going to say ask first. Yep. Then hug them. Then use your hand sanitizer to keep yourself from getting con plague. <laughs> because it was one year at AAC, we were hanging out up in that little waiting area, like the, what became the parents reading lounge last yep. year, I think. And we're hanging out up there a few years ago, and it's just like you could feel in the air that plague had settled in amongst most of the convention. That was the year they had um, genderless bathrooms, so anyone could use any restroom. Yeah. And a few bathrooms got quarantined for illness. And it had, like, legitimately had nothing to do with the cross-gender thing. It's just, 
it had everything to do with people being in close proximity with other people and not paying attention Plus to the poor men's room they were filled with women <laughs> yeah right it's just like a wall of urinals and then there's just a bunch of uh women sitting on the floor doing makeup yep you're like th- th- whatever lady watch me pee oh. <laughs> eh. i didn't it... even realize people were doing it because the women's bathroom only had women in it so i was like oh okay somebody messed up Women and like that one really creepy dude with the neck beard and the fedora. <laughs> he was probably off in a corner. I don't, I don't want to stereotype, but like that's usually <laughs> you will see those people around. Uh, please don't stereotype them, but also be aware that like probably peeping. In the there's stall. a whole <laughs> slew of people that end up at conventions, no matter what you're going to. You could be going to like a sporting event and get that same slew of random people. That you're going to get at a at a convention. But to outsiders, of course, it seems really strange. Because you're like, oh, I don't understand. You just go and dress up as anime characters. And like, no, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more behind it. <laughs> Do you need help? <laughs> My leg is falling asleep, so I went down. There we go. Well, we're about to be done here. So, okay. um, yeah, major things to pay attention to. Cosplay mm-hmm. is not consent. Five to one. Pay attention to your hygiene. Stay healthy. Don't get con plague. And please do not randomly touch other people without their consent. That's that's I cannot stress that enough because it's really awkward for everyone involved, especially if you're like someone walking around and you're not wearing a costume. But then all of a sudden you've got like people on you and you're like, what is going on? Um, (laughs) But yeah, I recommend finding and learning about and going to panels because they are so good. Yep. So good. At least most of the ones like I've been to a handful of bad panels, not like just the 18 plus bad panels, but like just in general, like people weren't well prepared or things like that. But for yep. the most part, these people know their stuff. I've, I've gone to one that was like an entire history of Metal Gear Solid. One was an entire history of uh, Resident Evil franchise. Really enlightening. There was the Tales of Tales. Yep. The Tales of series history and all the stuff that goes along with that and i have never been so entertained by a powerpoint slideshow in my life i like the the j metal oh when yeah. we went to they that one it was really good japanese metal music and they were actually showing the music videos and then explaining about the artist and yeah so we were like I, we were sitting there with a notepad just like okay this was they had they gave us a list too of the artists they were using yeah and we're like okay this one was really good this one was really cool and i learned a lot as someone who's went to college as a film and video production major, going to AAC and going to that Japanese heavy metal um, panel was actually really beneficial for me as a film and video editor because the like music videos use a lot of interesting camera movements and yep. cuts and methods of storytelling in the first place and no one exploits those things and adds things you have never seen before like Japanese metal and K-pop. And <laughs> if you don't believe me, go look up like go th- look up K-pop, look up Monster X because they're one of my favorites. Look up any Monster X video and you don't have to understand what they're saying, just watch all the cinematography, mm-hmm. watch the edits and it's phenomenal. Like it's stuff you don't see in western music videos. Mm. So that was a lot of benefit for that. So, like sometimes you're learning about the history of a game or the history of a culture. Sometimes you're learning something that's more practical application, like how to up your. I had one that was how to up your video production skills for YouTube, and there were some professional 
uh, media producers out of Boston that had come up to Manchester and they were doing this whole thing about three-point lighting and how to set up your camera, how to cut shots, how to do your edits. And it was really cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's that's my rambling on conventions. If you've never been to one, find one that's somewhat related to something that you're into. If you think there's not a convention that has something to do with something you're interested in, you're wrong. I know you're wrong because there is a conven- like a national whistler's convention for people who whistle. You will I, find a convention for you. I can't you. go to that convention. I can't um, whistle. However, I cannot recommend DashCon, which was like the con for uh, Tumblr that happened. I think it was DashCon 2012 or 2013. I'm going to have to look it up because that, it was so bad and so poorly received. There was like nothing there. None of the guests that were supposed to be there showed up because there was a lot of miscommunication between the people running the con and the people that were supposed to be attending. And they had a ball pit which was a kid-sized swimming pool inflated in the middle of an empty auditorium (laughs) with some balls in it. (laughs) And as compensation for everyone who was disappointed, they were like, you can spend an extra 30 minutes in the ball pit. (laughs) And that became the joke. I should actually, we should do that for our Halloween party this year. Have the ball pit here. Okay. We'll get just enough balls to line the bottom of it and one inflatable kiddie pool. And that's it. Okay. I anyway, think, I think you can find a kiddie pool for five bucks. Probably. We're just going to go to for we, 10. we can go to five below and just see what we can find there. But okay. um let's go. That right being now. said, find yourself oh. a convention. Go to that convention, enjoy that convention. Be open, know that there's going to be a lot of people. It's it's going to be a lot of crowds. I'm generally not into crowds, but when it's something to do with video games and anime, I'm all about that. It's fun. It's good times. Go do it. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Be safe about it. Be respectful about it. And we will catch you again next week for another episode of Health and Mana. Yep. Until next time, stay awesome, and happy gaming.